0: This has been a very difficult episode for me to record Because uh, Someone I admire greatly George H.W. Bush Was Called home To be with Triple extension Mac Miller Lil Peep I guess his wife Barbara pro- Yeah, yeah, she died And but I'm soldiering on Yeah, you got to you gotta just keep marching, marching on to Baghdad. You know we, we live on a on a highway of death. and you know we see the burnt bodies of those who've come before us, uh, chlorine at car windows, but we just keep on going. So George, HW, this is for you. Every day is so wonderful Then suddenly it's hard to breathe Now and then I get insecure From all the pain I'm so ashamed But I am beautiful no matter what they say Words can't bring me down, I am beautiful in every single way, yes, words can't bring me down, oh, so don't you bring me down today. Yeah, one take, nice. here at Death Sentence for this week. Uh, We're on the line with Steve Anwill. He wrote, well, he's very soon going to be releasing a book called Welfare that's on Tyrant Books, uh, who we've kind of been talking about a few times on the show because way early in the show's run I talked about um, The Sarah Book uh, by Scott McClanahan, which is amazing. Everyone should read it, like, instantly. And uh, Bud Bud Smith has worked with them. He was on the show uh, earlier this year. So they're they're people we know about, and they can usually be relied upon to put out really good books. And this uh, is, I believe, your debut, right?
1: Yeah, this is the first book.
0: Cool. So uh, since you're you're new to me, uh, how about the... uh, what's your biography? What's your your life so far? You're in Canada, right?
1: Yeah, I live in uh I live in Montreal. Uh, I've been maybe six years I guess at this point. I work as a screen printer, you know, I have a pretty pretty boring day to day life. Do you know what I mean? I just go to work, oh, come yeah. home. And so, then uh yeah, and I but I also work from home a bit too, like I screen print from like like the place I live as well
0: like like print stuff or t-shirts or
1: uh t-shirts primarily uh, like i just kind of like i've been doing it for 15 years it's just like that's my career i guess you know what i mean mm-hmm. cool and uh yeah i just find clients people need shirts i do them for them you know
0: you ever do it for bands or is it uh just like company picnics and stuff
1: yeah, bands actually bands like tattoo artists and yeah exactly like i don't get a lot of corporate jobs but that's probably mainly because of the way i look do you know what i mean <laughs> but uh I just look uh, like a rock and roller or whatever. Do okay. you know what I mean? So, you know. I don't
0: because I can't see you, but uh, I'll I'll take your word on it.
1: I guess you don't, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, that's my I guess my biography. I live here. I grew up in Southern Ontario. Um, I don't know what else to say about myself, really. I'm, you know, I live with my wife.
0: And when did you start out writing?
1: Um, like seriously, probably about. I'd say about seven years ago, I lost a job in Toronto, I was living there, and um, I just had said nothing to do, because uh, I couldn't find another job, and I was like, collecting unemployment, and uh, I'd always wanted to write more than I, like, you know, I always wanted to write, so I just kind of sat down and started messing around with short stories, you know? Mm-hmm. And now here we are.
0: So, what kind of stuff were you, when you started out writing? What, what kind of stuff were you doing? Is it similar to what you do now? Or is, were you playing around with stuff? Or
1: It was probably more traditional, like how it was set up. Do you know what I mean? Like I have kind of a weird like cadence now. Mm-hmm. But uh, back then it was like just more like what I would consider more boring or like older writing, you know what I mean? Probably like I was just emulating people that I liked, you know what I mean? Like beat poet stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And then uh, it just eventually got pared down to what I now kind of write like, you know? hmm like that yeah, style
0: uh, yeah i mean that was one of the cool things about welfare was the uh yeah the cadence like mm-hmm. you, you don't ever seem to use a comma when a full stop will do it's uh, yeah it i don't really yeah, cool... i kind of
1: like try to cut as many of those out
0: you know yeah i it really works and having um like a four line paragraphs all the time like never more than four lines in a paragraph. Yeah,
1: I was really big into, like, aesthetics when I wrote that, too. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that, like,
0: I just wanted it to look good. Hmm. Like, how it looks on the page is as important. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, like, it makes it, like, I wanted to write something, too, that was, like, easy to read. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to write, like, a really pretentious book where, like, with a lot of flowery language and, like, big, long sentences, you know? Mm -hmm. Because it kind of felt like uh, it's kind of an outdated model on how to write. Because like I just think that our attention spans are pretty low. <laughs> so it's easier to like punch it into someone's face, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you gotta knock people over the head with things. Hmm. So like that's kinda where the style came from, you know. I just wanted to like really get it into people's head and I I guess I like, you know, I locked it out because it
0: works. It does, yeah. It yeah, damn right it works. Um so <laughs> you wrote for a few places like um you had short stories in like Hobart and places before this, right?
1: Yeah, I've had a lot of stuff up at Hobart. Um, Elizabeth Ellen was like, she's been such a big supporter of mine, and I think like, I like I I wouldn't have this book out probably if it wasn't for her, and that she's like helped me so much with my writing along the way, or at least the last four or five years, you know. Cool.
0: And um, that's all been short stories, I'm guessing. Do you, do you ever fuck around with anything else, like poetry, anything, flash fiction, <laughs> anything like that, or? Just Not so across. much like
1: poetry. I like, like, I I don't know. I guess it's kind of, I guess some of the stuff I've messed around with could be called poetry. I do a lot of, like, Hobart mainly is actually, like, uh, a lot of creative nonfiction. Because I like that, too. Because it's, you know, my fiction isn't very, like, far from reality. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's it has, a, it has a real base in reality. So, creative nonfiction is pretty, like, natural for me to do. I don't really like poetry a whole ton.
0: Yes, in that like. So like I, I haven't read a poetry book since i was like 15 and reading Hell. there
1: That's, you go right yeah. like um i read them from time to time and but it's just like i usually want something that has like a little more like meat to chew on i guess you could say
0: mm. yeah I, like poetry's this whole other world of stuff that i just i can't get into i don't know who's a good poet
1: like i kind of feel too dumb for it sometimes
0: same same
1: yeah you know like maybe i'm not getting it you know what i mean like i'm not like i didn't go to art school enough nothing either so it's just like again that goes i didn't want to write anything too pretentious do you know what i mean and mm-hmm. i find poetry sometimes can fall into that like there's there's good poets out there don't get me wrong or whatever and like i read some and it's good but like again at the end of the day, i like a novel or a short story or a collection of short stories
0: at the end of the day hmm. who do you like in poetry is there anyone that i should check out like
1: Like, writing right now, I really like that. Like, Big Bruiser Dope Boy, that guy on Twitter, his book's coming out soon. It was really good.
0: That's the, like, uh, Leghorn one, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I like Joey Grantham, too.
0: Joey, sorry, Grantham? Grantham?
1: Yeah, Yeah, Joseph Grantham. He wrote that book, Tom Sawyer.
0: Right, right. That was on... um, uh, CCM? CCM, right, yeah.
1: No, CCM put it out. CCM,
0: okay. Yeah, I I confuse all the cool uh, presses. They're all one single cool press for me.
1: There's, but, you know, so much going on, you know?
0: There is, yeah. yeah. That's what I've been noticing. Like, I can't... I was thinking about doing a end-of-year list for the, for the show, but mm-hmm. I, I've read, like, what, like, point one point zero zero one percent of the books. I can't write end-of-year list based on that.
1: Yeah, I hear what you mean, you know? Yeah, there's... there's so much stuff out
0: there. Yeah. The, even if you, like, just do print stuff, Keep then up. it's... Yeah, but um, in terms of like novelists, uh, you mentioned like in beat writers, uh, mm-hmm. who who are your who are your guys? Like who who influences you?
1: I I, like, I think at the end of the day, probably Celine more than anybody, because mm-hmm. I like because he's got a really he really stuck to rhythm and like that like his tiny music or whatever, you, you know. And I kind of think, am I writing in a similar fashion? Do you know what I mean? That it's like there has to be some sort of, like, music behind it or, like, a rhythm, you know? And so, mm-hmm. like, I feel like I ripped him off a lot. And mm-hmm. I like, uh, you know, like, Bukowski or Kerouac or, like... I'm a, a big Henry Miller fan. I don't think mm-hmm. people ever talk about him anymore for some reason. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I don't think I've ever... I've, I don't think I've ever read a Henry Miller book. Or anything, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I, yeah, I...
1: I recommend recommend, uh, I don't know... Uh, what's that one? I just... I just uh, Quiet Days and Cliché is good. It's basically like a sex novel. Mm-hmm. And, and there's one I just read again. Fuck, I forgot the name of it. But he's like, as in Big Sir, he's like the worst house guest ever. And that's just a novel, and I really like that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, I'm a big Burroughs fan too, but not so much the cut-up stuff, more like his straighter stuff, like junkie or queer.
0: Mm. Yeah, it is. yeah, I really got into his stuff when I was a kid, like teenager, and... For sure, you he know. kind of stuck with me a lot because I don't know I was an edgy teenager and I just liked anything with a lot of sex and violence in it. And uh,
1: yeah, of course, you know. can always
0: rely on Boz for that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but his like straight up stuff, I think I've kind of, I think I didn't really appreciate how good it was at the time. And it's, uh, I just
1: think it's neat because it's I liked it because like everybody else went to like you know the cut up stuff. Do you know what I mean? Because that's mm, what he's yeah. known for, right? Yeah, he's so the blunt guy. Like, yeah, exactly, you know, and like, those are actually, you know, so weird like that too, you know, but I like it when he just did like this, like a regular book, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's, he's in, he's kind of in need of a, people to go back to him and maybe like critically reassess his stuff.
1: That's and funny, because him... I'm old, so it's like, I figure everybody just likes him, you
0: know. <laughs> But, uh, and Bukowski has been someone who's come up on this show a lot. Because, oh, yeah? Yeah, I think it's just because the, the kind of writers I've been reading this year, um, people like the aforementioned uh, Scott McClanahan and Bud Smith and um, Nico Walker, who did Cherry, that was associated with Tyrant Press. And yeah. B- Bukowski keeps coming up as an influence. And I'm, But at the same time, people rip on Bukowski for being like the – classic bro novel guy as much as like Hemingway or something yeah and right. I'm kind of like loath to go back and and read him again <laughs> and maybe read Post Office or Women or something and just see whether it's any good because I read Me, it as have... a kid but
1: I still like it I'll go back and read it every once in a while mm-hmm. I'm not a huge Bukowski fan and I get why people don't like him anymore and like And it's funny to think that he's not really like – at the time, he wouldn't have been like a bro. Do you know what I mean? Mm, Like he's an outcast at that time. But then it's like to see where we've come, I guess, if that's what – I get what you're saying, though. Because he's like – he has all those like kind of asshole qualities of being a womanizer and
0: like Mm.
1: whatnot. But like I don't know. It's good. It just – it doesn't matter what he writes about. It's the way he writes about it, Mm. the way it comes off the page. Like that's more interesting to me. Like I'll read anything. It's not about subject matter. It for me necessarily it's more about like how does that person get their story off that page like that's what writing like writing is about you know people yeah. shouldn't dismiss Bukowski or whatever because of shitty subject material i guess yeah. you know
0: yeah well maybe when i'm on a break over christmas i'll try and grab one of his novels at the library or something
1: plus but... they're easy you can blast through them really quick you know
0: and, and that's a, a thing i liked about uh, welfare i got i was like Skimmed through this. So I was in one side and out the other in like a day and a half. It's a really nice, easy read, and uh, so if you're going for that, you really pulled it off.
1: Yeah, I totally wanted that to happen. Like, like I said, I wanted like I want anybody to be able to read my book. I don't want just to be like book people to be reading it. You know, like I wanted like I don't want anybody. To to read it not be intimidated by it at all because like it's still at the end of the day it's probably like eighty thousand words so to get through it in a day is pretty good i think
0: and uh i don't think we've we've even mentioned what's what it's about yet um. oh
1: not even though
0: no <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> um yeah uh can you do a little like a uh, little synopsis for, for the folks at home
1: yeah i guess it's uh i wrote this book called welfare and it's about this kid stan acker and he um uh he doesn't really feel like he gets like he like, like nobody at home really gets him, I guess, and like he doesn't really get his family and they don't really get along. So he just kind of leaves one day and he ends up on welfare. And he's trying he's in this small town and he's just like feels I always feel like it's like he's geographically kind of like screwed because he doesn't really know anything about the bigger world and uh but he knows something's out there and he doesn't really want to be force fed this life that's kinda like Looming over top of him. Does that sound right to you? I don't
0: mm-hmm. know. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get it.
1: So yeah, that's the book, I guess, pretty much. And it's just all the bullshit that he goes through while being like a sixteen-year-old or seventeen-year-old on welfare, trying to go to high school and like, you know, trying to not starve to death too at the same time. I guess was a lot of that book.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah. And you mentioned you've been on welfare. Uh, I have too. And it's, yeah, I don't know what it's like in Canada, but in Britain, it fucking sucks. And if you ever really, really like being condescended to, then I highly recommend uh, going on welfare <laughs> in Britain. Cause
1: yeah, um, Canadian only. Yeah, like where I grew up, because I grew up in Ontario. So it's like, I don't know, it's the classier. because I live in Quebec. And like, it's pretty much a welfare, like, oh, there's so many people on welfare here, and they don't really look at it the same way. Mm hmm. But in Ontario, like definitely, like I remember as a kid, like there was like a family, like in an apartment close to our, like our house and like they were clearly on welfare and the whole, like it was a small town. So, you know, that whole town looked down on those people. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you're not pulling like, your weight because like everybody else is working, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when like I was on welfare, so being on it, um, yeah, I caught a lot of like, like in, like in high school too, right? So it's like a lot, a lot of people like look, look down their nose at me. I suppose you know.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, I had to sign on as they call it in Britain during like the financial mm-hmm. crisis where like 2008, where everyone lots of people were out of jobs. I Yeah, it was go- bad though, right? Yeah, yeah, it was it was bad everywhere, but it was yeah, it was bad in my part of the world. And okay. uh, I remember going into like this one like. Group session where they all sat us down and told us about Mm -hmm. how important it is to like fill in our sheets with all the stuff we've done. And the guy next to me was like, "Dude, I'm I'm a professor of chemistry. I'm just like out of a job now, and in a few weeks I'll be back in a job at a university." You just need a couple weeks, right? You know. Yeah, you just need to get through it. But they put you in these sessions where. They tell you how important it is to get a job when you've you know you've had a job. You're looking every day for a job, and uh, yeah, right. Yeah, they give you a ton of bullshit about it, but um, i
1: found of like, it was really demoralizing. A lot of those things, mm, like when yeah. I like would go to those like sessions because we had them here too, and it's like I go through it in the book, like how to write a fucking resume. You know, like come on, I know how yeah. to put on paper what I've done. You know what I mean, like. But I guess it's maybe they're just it's dumbed down because I guess. Yes, they probably get a lot of people who maybe can't really, Mm. you know, fend for themselves necessarily. You know, like, there's a lot of pressure on me to get a job because I wanted a job. And I was like, I wanted to do something. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I just didn't want to be on welfare. It was a bummer, you know.
0: Mm. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it seems that, um, that Stan, I mean, he doesn't like being on welfare exactly, but he doesn't want to get a job
1: either. Yeah, that wasn't really my, I don't know. Like, that was, like, because, like, you know, obviously it's loosely based on my life or whatever, you know? And, like, I don't – I've never wanted a fucking job, you know? Like, same, same. Who does, right? You just have one because you have to have one on the street. You don't like begging. Or, like, You become accustomed to, like, creature comforts, like a shower and heat. But, like, as a 16- or 17-year-old, I didn't want to go to college. I didn't want to – I didn't want to get a job. I didn't want to, cause I just felt locked in too, because like where I grew up, there was really nothing to do other than like go work in a fucking factory or maybe, uh, I don't know. a Food. Like, that's not like who wants to do that for the rest of their life. You know, like I wanted to see something or just like, maybe like, I don't know, do something different. You know, a lot of my friends around me at the time too, it was just a kind of sickening to like, you know, to think back at it and how much people were like striving like an 18 year old who wants to go work in this like depressing nightmare of like uh, a steel box you know for that's just like high school for the rest of their life you know mm. to me that was sad I, that's no way to spend a life
0: yeah yeah that's um yeah I go, I, I go through these stages of just wanted to go live in the woods like, I, I've seriously considered that at some points in my professional career. Just building a teepee out somewhere. Yeah. here You know?
1: But what do you do out there?
0: Yeah, I know. But, uh... <coughs> so, yeah, before we we set the world to rights and find out what we can do, apart from not having jobs, uh, let's, I'm going to play a little song, because, yeah, this is both sure a, a musical and literary... Uh, podcast so um my usual co-host who isn't here right now uh recommended uh a guy called vessel from here in the uk i mean his name isn't vessel his name is like doesn't even say here but his name's name his his musical name is vessel Mm -hmm. and uh he is an electronic musician usually but here he's like got a chamber orchestra involved and as well as his usual like um electronic Business, and he's put on an album called Queen of Golden Dogs, and it's uh, it's really interesting. He he went off into the woods to record it. He went to Wales, which is like a that's technically where I'm from, but that was years ago. Oh, really? And, te- and te- technically, and it's like ancestrally, I'm Welsh too. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. I, I guess a name like Anwell that does sound Welsh.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, that yeah. terrible spelling, you know?
0: Yeah, that's just like <laughs> random letters jammed together. Uh, yeah, but, exactly <laughs> uh, but um do, do you know what part you're from like where's, where's where are your people from or is it just me? well sorry do you know, you cut oh, sorry do, do you know where uh wh- what part you're from or do you was it just no like,
1: no wales? clue my family's we, we've been here like three generations so
0: all right okay well i'm, I'm from the south of wales but, okay uh, this guy went to north wales to record this album and north wales there is literally nothing there and um yeah, it, it's it's a really it's a strange, difficult but really, really amazing album. So um, here's Vessel. This is the first track on the album called Phantasma, and it's really good. Phantasma for Jasmine. All his songs on this album have like for Hannah, for Maggie, for Irma. So yeah, it's cool that being an electronic musician, the guy still has time to fuck apparently and uh, dedicate his songs to girls. That's yeah, pretty sweet. Good for him. Um, And we're still on with Steve Anwell, author of Welfare. And um, yeah, so I, I wanted to As a debut novelist, you're going to get asked this a lot, uh, which is, like, how you got this book published, how you got it on on Tyrant Books, like, (laughs) how the whole thing came about. Do you have an agent? Do you, you know, all that business. Um, I want to hear, like, the business side of things.
1: uh, The business side of things was not probably what a lot of people expect. Like, uh, I don't have an agent. (laughs) because
0: books they'll take you on without an agent that's like one of their things
1: yeah i think gian doesn't really like agents a whole lot um mm. i don't really know you know but um the story of my book it's i don't know it's it's uh it's pretty easy um i don't know if you know the author of sam pink or not but
0: uh yes he, I, I haven't okay. read him but heard of him
1: oh i totally recommend all of sam's books they're amazing once people catch on to him he's gonna i don't know they're amazing person check that out or whatever but uh, he read my like uh, he read Welfare and he sent me like what I call the dream email mm-hmm. and it was just like everything you want to hear from like a writer who you really really like whose stuff you think is cool and who you followed for a while or whatever you know. So he was like, do you mind if I send this to like CCM and like Lazy Fascist? So I was like, yeah, please do. I want to get this published, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, he did that and they said they'd get back to me in about a month. And, like, during that time, like, Tyrant Books started following my Twitter, and he was, like, liking my stuff on there. Mm -hmm. And then, like, after a month, Sam or I hadn't, like, neither of us had heard anything about my book from CCM or, um, Casey Fashes. so, uh, I don't know, I was just, like, riding high on this, like, confidence that, like, Sam liked my book. Mm So, I just direct messaged, uh, Harlow one day and i was like hey dude do you want to like you know i like your stuff or whatever and like do you want to read my book and then he wrote me back like pretty quick and he was like yeah sure you know and like right that for me was like that's it you know what i mean like that's good enough like if he's gonna read my book i'm pretty stoked on this because i've been a big fan of like the magazine or whatever and like books that he'd put out and, like So then maybe, like, you know, I was ecstatic over that. And then, like, a day later, he, like, emails me or direct messages me back and says that he wants to publish it. A day? Yeah. Like, he basically did the same thing like you did. Like, if you look at my Twitter, I have, like, a pinned tweet where it's, like, him telling the story of what happened. And he says that, like, he started reading it at midnight, read it till 5 a.m., slept for three (laughs) hours, got up and read the rest, and then basically emailed me and said he wanted to publish it. And, I like, he basically sent me the dream email, too. Like, I was just, like, it's something I've read, like, a thousand times since he sent it to me, you know?
0: <laughs> nice. Wow.
1: And that's that's it. Like, I still don't have an agent. That was two years ago. Like, I'm just a regular, you know, guy. That's okay. also the Bukowski influence, too. Like, I liked that he was just, like, a regular slob. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I can relate with that. Like, I didn't go to no school or nothing. Like, I don't have an agent. I'm, like, I don't know. I'm an outsider artist, I suppose. Hmm.
0: That's no, cool. Wow, I like uh, what I liked about welfare. It sounded real. It sounded like someone actually done it.
1: Well, um, it's pretty close, you know. Yeah. Like certain things are put in there as like obviously to make it a better story, but like a lot of that is my life.
0: One little thing, and what kind? Of, when was this? When was the book set? Because I was having trouble kind of pinning it down.
1: What did you think? Can I ask you?
0: Uh... Well, I'm trying to figure it out, because they had video games, because right. the roommates always playing video games, but they yeah. also, so that means it's somewhere from the 80s to 90s onwards, but he right. didn't seem to ever have, a, like, a cell phone, so no. that would put it, like, before the two, early 2000s, so I'm, That's thinking, good. I'm thinking the 90s.
1: Yeah, um, um, like, realistically, like, when I was on Welfare, it's, you know, it was the late 90s, maybe early, hmm. no, maybe early 2000s. But, like, I was on welfare. Why would I have a cell phone? There was also, like, you know, it wasn't like now. Everybody has a cell phone. Back hmm. then, it was like a yeah. businessman had a cell phone, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that I wouldn't have a cell
1: phone me. now if I didn't need, you know what I mean? Like, hmm. I don't really talk on the phone now, so. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's <laughs> all right, dude. <laughs> I'm just joking
0: around, man. I don't know. I'm with oh, too. Um, but, um, yes, and what, so when you were, after you got it to, uh, Gincarlo at Tyrant Press. How long did it was it like the turnaround before it's actually ended up on the shelves? Because it's coming out on Christmas Day, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's the story. It's been about two years, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I got pushed. Like it was supposed to go back out earlier, but then I just got, I got pushed back a couple times, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say about two years since he bought
0: it from me. Cool. And how was there a lot of editing going on, or um, did did you get a lot of like? did it change much in within edits or is it pretty much what you gave him when you sent it to him?
1: It's pretty damn close to what I sent him. Like, I think at the end of the day, like, cause he, yeah, I know like the, the, the whole like tyrant books, like mythos, I guess is like, you're like, it's a lot of editing going on. Like he's like, really, he's like showing you, I like, I don't know. That's how I kind of felt. But then I think, uh, I don't know. I just sent him a good book that he really liked, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Like, he did line edits on it. And he took out a lot of swearing. And, like, every time there's a comma in that book, that's probably him. <laughs> that would be my guess.
0: Wait, he took took out swearing?
1: Yeah, because, like, he said it, man. It was like a tick. And it is because, like, I swear a lot and, like as I talk. So, like. Um, I just kind of wrote it that way too. And like, he's, you know, it was over the top. Like, I get that. Like, why wouldn't, you know? Yeah. That,
0: you know? That's always been a thing that, that kind of has weirded me out about swearing in books. Like in real mm-hmm. life, like if you talk to like a working class person, particularly in the UK, but also in, like Canadians swear like every two seconds.
1: Yeah, for sure. But, I swear all the time. I love it. It's yeah. my favorite way to communicate, you know?
0: Yeah. And, um, but when you actually, if you like wrote down verbatim what a guy was saying, like. Yeah, I went to the fucking football today. Man City were fucking shit, they were. and um, Yeah, right. Yeah, like, everything's it, shit.
1: Fuck this, fuck that. Yeah.
0: It it, it sounds fake if you, like, yeah. write that down. That's that's always weirded me out. I, I don't know what the, what the deal is with that. I mean...
1: I always assumed, like, old-timey books. That's how people talk. Do you know what I mean? But I guess they probably didn't. They swore just as much as we did, you know? Or do now.
0: Yeah. Like, really old-timey, like
1: not even like a hundred years ago i guess you know what i mean like
0: i heard i read somewhere that like cowboys who you'd think like would cuss like all the time apparently they they didn't swear at all they would say like dag nabbit and like these like cartoon swear words like that
1: yeah i can see that you know that that makes sense because cowboys aren't they honorable too or something like that you're not supposed to swear in front of it was a different time simpler times when you're supposed Mm -hmm. to be there's more, I guess, decorum. We have zero decorum these days.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is which is fun because swearing is fun. But
1: um, yeah, for sure, I revel in it.
0: <laughs> so uh, apart from that, it it is pretty much what you sent him, right? It's it's no major uh, plot changes, no structural things. It's just. No, no, zero. Totally.
1: Like, like even like, like you have that arc. I'm pretty sure there's like two chapter 31s in it, not a chapter 30, and like mm-hmm. maybe another chapter. You know what I mean? Like, it's still a rough, it's a rough book by a rough person, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. it, it goes to it, I think.
0: Hmm, yeah. I caught a couple of typos. But, yeah, I'm um... sure
1: you did. Where were they? Let me know. Oh, no, actually, yeah. there's probably a bunch in that one still.
0: No, not not a lot. I, I've, I've read like printed stuff that has had a lot more typos. but uh...
1: Dude, there's... Books that, like, I have old books from, like, old Henry Miller books and shit. They're full of typos, too. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, nobody's perfect. Like, if somebody wants to complain about that, it's not, it's, it's, you know, the book should be what you, you know, it makes you feel or how it, you know, what you take away from it. Not like, well, I'll be misspelled there. Mm -hmm. You know, if that's your biggest complaint, like, I don't know. Yeah,
0: I think it is my biggest complaint because, you know, (laughs) this was great.
1: (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate that. I'm (laughs) glad. Like, everyone who's read it so far is pretty happy with it. So, I don't
0: know. Yeah, I noticed um uh, Bud Smith gave you a nice little write up on Goodreads.
1: Yeah, Bud is yeah, you gave me a glowing a glowing review yeah, there, that, right?
0: That was very glowing. That yeah. was apparently shined. He is uh, comparing you to Nut Hampson. I'm guessing you're yeah. guessing you're not a Nazi like Nutt Nut not Hampson, but um no. he's, he was a decent writer, apart from a Yeah, Nazi. for sure.
1: Well I like Celine too, and he was a mm-hmm. Nazi, oh, do yeah. you know what I mean? This is probably all shit I shouldn't say, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh,
0: I every, every, a lot of people like Celine. Like People still like Nut Hampson. I mean, he he won a Nobel Prize. Which yeah, he then for sure. gave to it's Goebbels. A, but...
1: You know, there's a big difference between what a man's art is and what kind of horrible creature he is in his day to day. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't understand how we're not allowed to like like something a monster does. Do you know what I mean? Because like who's perfect among us? And why does an artist supposed to be perfect? Like Yeah. You know, yeah. what has your barber done? You don't know. He's just not in the public eye. <laughs>
0: hmm. Yeah. I mean artists particularly could should yeah, get within within reasonable limits. You know, get get a bit of a pass because guys like Celine and are living in that time and place. Yeah, they were and William Burroughs. You know, he was didn't exactly have a regular life.
1: Yeah, right.
0: And you know, he did like shoot his wife in the head. Yeah, it's. Uh...
1: Yeah, exactly. Like he did have to escape a murder charge. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Nobody really wants. Yeah. Wants to talk about her. And he's a junkie too. You know, not exactly. Yeah. There's like a couple rational here
0: professional criminal he was gay at the time when you could like be sent to prison for it he was
1: he's he's, he's, he's the outsider that's why i like him so much you know Mm, so much about him is like you know i guess incorrigible at the time or just deplorable kind of actions do you know what i mean but like Mm.
0: yeah he's uh but yeah he is a fascinating guy and smart as mm -hmm. hell you know he's not yeah he's uh his
1: memory is supposed to be like super good was super good right like that guy wrote what's that autobiography literary outlaw i guess it is Mm-hmm. and he said his like memory was phenomenal like, like he would just remember things from like so long ago crystal clear
0: yeah he's like probably like a medically speaking a genius
1: yeah you know he comes but... from good stock though like his folks were rich you know he lived oh, like, yeah. he's a trust fund kid you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah so that's um so what are you doing what's the plan from here where where are you working on new stuff? Uh, have you written new stuff? Uh, yeah,
1: like, um, I don't really, I don't have a plan, man. I just, I wrote another novel. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just kind of like, you know, you sit on these things, right? Because, like, hmm. just want to let it stew and get some feedback from some friends on it. Uh, you know, I just fuck around with short stories a lot because I don't feel like I'm very good at them. Uh-huh. And uh, nobody else really does either, I don't think. <laughs> So, uh, it, like that's like, you know, just a source of pride. I'd like to be able to write some good short stories.
0: Yeah. Maybe put out a collection or something one day.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, it's always like, I don't know, I are like, always just amounting this. Like with art, it's just you're building up all this crap that you can use maybe later. It's not, you know, I used to live with a tattooer and he would just draw shit and draw shit and draw shit. And if like someone didn't show up for their appointment, well, it wasn't a big deal because like he's just going to use that Grim Reaper on the next guy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And like, Short stories are no different. Like, if they don't work for, like... this I've been writing the same short stories probably for five fucking years, you know what I mean? Like, eventually they'll take... I'll mm-hmm. get it right.
0: Yeah. What what kind of stuff do you write in short stories? Is it just, it's like...
1: very similar to welfare. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like I haven't... My subject matter doesn't really change because, like, it's not, like, since, you know, 1998 or whatever, I've struck it rich. No, I'm, oh, like, an investment banker or something. Like, I'm still, like... Again, I like a screen print. I only work consistently three days a week. I might catch another job here and there to pay my rent. You know, like I don't... I try to live a pretty simple life. I'm not like... I am not. I don't know. I'm not very goal-oriented other than just like... Well, fuck. I want to write a book, so I'll sit down and do it kind of thing, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's... Yeah, it's probably a way to be rather than uh, you know, be all mercenary about it and think, you know, I'm going to write this, then I'm going to get... My next one's going to be our big publisher. Yeah, right.
1: Like, I don't know. Sell I don't know.
0: The movie rights. and.
1: Yeah, fuck. If someone wants to buy my book, that'd be great to make a movie out of, like, <laughs> you know, but, like, it's not, like, not a big goal of mine to be like, okay, now I got to do this. I don't have a five-year plan or, like, anything like that. Like, I just don't want to, like, as long as I can keep the roof over my head and, you know, we're not starving to death here, I'm usually pretty happy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So, can you tell me? what the new one the new book is about or is that a secret right now yeah it's not super secret
1: it's just like i don't know it's about me and my friend i guess it's just about two guys who go to meet each other after having not seen like they were like really good friends when they were younger and haven't really seen so much of each other in the last decade or so because uh one of them was in europe and the other one's just still a shithead here and I like can or North America, I guess doesn't need to be Canada, but, uh, I don't know. It, like I call it my, it's, it's my on the road, but nobody, like we don't go anywhere. <laughs> you know, it's just like stationary. It's like, it's set over 24 hours. It's like, it's, it, I'm trying to make it like a really, really, because I wanted to go with like people say, Oh, I like I had to read well one sitting. You know what I mean? So now I'm like, I guess my goal with my second book is to try to force people to have to read the book in one sitting. <laughs>
0: Like no chapters, just all...
1: Yeah, technical. like right now there's zero chapters and I'm not going to... I don't want to put any in. Wow. It's just like a long rolling novel. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't need breaks. Yeah. Because it's a short <laughs> of... It's a day. Like a day doesn't have breaks. You know what hmm. I mean? Especially if you haven't seen someone in a really long time. Like imagine you roll up with your best friend. You haven't hmm. seen him in 10 years. You're not going to like take
0: breaks. Cool. I, i'm I trying know. to think of like any other novelists who've done like a i think will self but he's like he's like the polar opposite of what you want to do he's just like pure modernist high art okay yeah it's uh and it kind of sucks and he's a sucky human being too
1: i still but, like art
0: yeah but well art art as in like with a capital a yeah
1: like, i know what you mean you know. the guy's got like a, yeah he's rich or whatever and like people care about him
0: you know? yeah but uh, yeah, that that kind of guy, he's, uh, that's the only books I can think of that have just been straight up, no chapters.
1: That's but... why I kind of want to do it, though, because I don't mm. remember, like, reading a book where it was like, well, it had zero breaks in it, you know what I mean? Like, mm. even if like, even if it's in two parts or something, you know what I mean? Like, there's always, like, a break. I just want to try to, like, it's a challenge, you know, mm. to get someone, like, you know, to read the whole book and not be like, like oh, I need to stop, you know?
0: That sounds cool. Like, if you pull that off, that's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, it's if <laughs> I pull it off. It's a big undertaking.
0: Yeah, yeah, it,
1: I, yeah I don't yeah. really have a lot of faith in it right now. I'm scared to, like, you know, whatever. You know.
0: No, but uh, no. I'll be interested in seeing that because cool. Yeah, it, it does sound cool. Um, so, yeah, it's um, so welfare's coming out Christmas Day. It can be in people's stockings
1: yeah like a month from now you know yeah hopefully you know i hope everybody buys it i you know that'd be great you know yeah. um i think it's a i was i make the joke now though that it's like tyrant books and my gift to the world
0: <laughs> yeah like you know, come down the chimney and just like leave it under people's trees and
1: yeah you know i want to steal some thunder from jesus you know like that guy's <laughs> like had too
0: yeah yeah this can be like right. next <laughs> two thousand years we'll just yeah Celebrate Welfare Day.
1: <laughs> That's a new, it's, it's the new Bible, hopefully, you know? Yeah. That's pretty presumptuous of me to say, though. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. But,
0: uh, yeah, so people can get it at Tyrant Books and their bookstores and Amazon if they're not particularly good people. And um, yep. yeah, uh, I do highly recommend... Yeah, please recommend... pre-order my book. It's... Yeah, it, I do highly, highly recommend checking this one out, because... It is uh, a a really decent book, on a, like yeah the rhythms, the cadences of everything that comes down there. It's, it's really satisfying to read. It feels nice to read this book. So um, yeah, do definitely check it out, people at home. And um, before yeah you, know, you before Christmas comes, uh, we've got another couple of episodes coming up on the show next week with we Tom Wyman. We're going to be talking about. Mark Fisher's posthumously published collection. Then on the sixteenth, uh, we got a big guest. I'm not going to reveal just yet in case he pulls out, but it's a it's a bigger guest, and we're going to be talking about Cormac McCarthy. So I finally get to read Blood Meridian all the way through because I haven't done that in my life, and I keep starting it then not finishing it, which is terrible because it's a straight up masterpiece. But uh, I'm going to leave off today with a. With a song by (coughs) a band called Chains to the Bottom of the Ocean from Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh, They've been around a few years now, uh, since 2017. They've had a couple of albums. Uh, They kind of sound like Dow. They sound a lot like Dow, but in a really good way because not enough bands sound like them, and Dow are amazing. and this song is called "With Every Wrist Outstretched," and it's heavy as fuck. And uh, do check these guys out because um, you know there needs to be more music that sounds like this, and there's not too many people making it right now. So uh, yeah, give them some love and support, and uh, yeah, leave reviews on iTunes and all that business because that helps too. And uh, we'll see you, all go- see you guys next week.